Pillow Thoughts by Courtney Peppernell. I hope you find someone who supports you in the things you're passionate about. I hope you find someone whom you can laugh with and share your deepest secrets with. I hope you find someone who's your lover, your partner, and your friend. I really wish you find someone who reminds you that you deserve the love you give. Hey, this is Ali Ruskash and welcome to the AR Podcast. This is the AR Podcast. Life can pass you in a flash before you even get a chance to express yourself. Sometimes you need a bit of luck. But all the other times, it's your passion and determination that hits you towards success. A living example of what I just said is a boy from Ghazmin who's destroying opponents of will. With his technique and sheer will to become the most feared football player. It was a pleasure to speak to a future legend, Ali Reza Jahanbakhsh. Let's get this. Uh, it's amazing to have you on the podcast today. You have no idea how much I wanted to talk to you. And uh, when I uh, first uh, understood that, like, you know, there is an opportunity, I I just, I jumped at the opportunity. I was like, this is it. I really want to talk to him. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Ali John. I hope you're well. And, um, First of all, I would like to say hello to everyone who is listening to this podcast, uh, all the Iranians, non-Iranians around the world. And um, yeah, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Hopefully it's going to be a nice um, conversation between us and people are going to enjoy listening to it. Perfect, perfect. Uh, this is very interesting to me because uh, I have a quote from somebody, fine, and it's about one of your goals. And I want to know if you know which goal it is and who is it it's actually from. So just just one second. I, I want to get everything like, you know, perfectly fine. So right. this is what he said. He said, oh my God, how about that? He has done it again. Like this was the actual commentary yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the time. Do you know which goal I'm talking about? Yeah, it was the, um, the, the goal against Chelsea um, yep. last year in January. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, um, even though when I'm when I'm thinking about it now, sometimes it's just an unbelievable feeling. Because um, well, there was a time that it wasn't going that well for me. I was I was under a lot of pressure and stuff. It was kind of relief for me. Um, I score back to back two games was was after a while. It was a, it was a very very um, unique moment for me in terms of you know just um, showing that. You know what's the reason I came to this league, and you know um, it was it was kind of a special goal as well, and there are a lot of reaction I've got afterwards, and basically when I see the reaction from people back home in Iran as well, it was it was just uh, extra extra unique for me. You know all these, these things happen after that game, 
and yeah there was a lot of different um different things different videos different um you know things came out afterwards which which was was super nice and i still remember a lot about it to be honest yeah of course it was uh, extra special for like you know us iranians of course in iran because um who, whenever somebody goes outside in the country like you know it just feels like you guys are representing the country and for us to like you know get that like everybody around the world were talking about the goal and it was of course one of the reasons was because it was against such an opponent it was against chelsea and it was so super important to to score a goal let alone you know that incredible finish so it was it, it was amazing and it felt amazing to i'm pretty sure all of us iranians inside the country so Thank you so much for doing that. Of course, I really hope that you score more goals like this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, since day one, I moved out of the country. I've, I've always been feeling that pressure, responsibility to re- represent Iranian football, Iranian young talent players that, you know, they ha- they are capable of playing in the very, very high levels. But unfortunately, in last years, it didn't, didn't happen that much. And uh, yeah, for me, every single game that I that I just uh, that I have to play, I'm thinking about those kids back home to 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 you know perform well and to be a good mem- member of Iranian football uh, association in in Europe. And that's I think the responsibility all of all of us who are playing outside of the country have these days to perform well and open the way for the other kids to have the opportunity to come out and perform for the country, for the, for the flag of Iran, and obviously being a good member of uh, Iranian football. Uh, this is actually one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you. Uh, so I have a really, really important question to ask you later on, but I'll get to that in, in a second. Uh, of course, when I watched that goal uh, over and over again, of course, because I did that, um, your celebration just tells me how much it meant to you. Like you just knelt down, you 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 uh, just cover your face, and like all of us, like maybe if we were in that situation, we would be overwhelmed by the amount of, like you know, the emotions that would just be pouring into us because of, of course, all the things that was you know surrounding that goal. So um, I just wanted to say, uh, like you have achieved everything in life, I'm pretty sure. But like you know, this this is just something that is I'm pretty sure is just beyond, uh, like you know, anybody's imagination. Like maybe Cristiano Ronaldo has got some goals like this. But not all of us, not all the like you know players in the world. So congratulations, you've done it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just how Martin Tyler said it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. I, I know that your favorite football player is the original Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, because uh, nowadays mostly um, like the new generation don't really remember who he was because of course they don't they haven't seen him. Um, so uh, you, give me the reason as to why you think Ronaldo was your favorite player. Um, well, actually. Um... Uh, my first like uh, impression from football was uh, was from 1998. Obviously, that crazy qualification game against Australia, and um, I was I was I was quite young. I was I think six years old back home watching with my whole family. I come from a very very like uh, you know football family. My father used to play for amateur team back home, and like, all my uncles playing football and stuff. I remember we were all together watching the games and stuff, and um, obviously that that unbelievable game that still people talking about it. And um, well, Iran qualified for those games, um, and I, I only remember the games that I watched from Iran and some of the other obviously games from Brazil, like you know big teams in around the world. But um, following Ronaldo, it actually started from two thousand two um, World Cup, uh, which was which was um, 
super special. He was uh, he was a man there. He was just dancing around the pitch, like enjoying football. When you see how he moves, how he um, enjoy playing football, scoring goals, and just super cool and all all, all of that. It just makes him, you know, like a special player to me. And ever since I started watching him, like uh, in his time into Milan, Real Real Madrid, and uh, everywhere he was, and yeah, it was just it was just very very special to me. And um, that's where I was I was just having like a impression already from the football, like which started from national team, and then a player who inspired me a lot. Um, in terms of you know how much you can enjoy this game and obviously that Brazilian style of football you know with a lot of skills and stuff like that um, makes makes him like a different player to me and uh, yeah that's that's why that's uh, everything started and um, ever since I stopped playing football as well I think 2002 I stopped playing out in the streets and with my mates I was always calling myself Ronaldo and <laughs> basically trying now you know just um, you know doing the doing the same skills as him and copying some stuff and then doing him his celebration and stuff like that and obviously all that sort of stuff you know helped me to you know just to enjoy the game as much as I can and yeah, he was the one who always inspired me, like, you know, as a player to enjoy, to do crazy things, which people love to see and stuff like that. So, yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo has always been, you know, um, you know, like a very special player to me. And then obviously when I when I grow a bit older, uh, basically another Ronaldo came up, you know, start from a United and then basically doing same sort of stuff, scoring goals, a lot of nice skills and stuff like that. And then, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo was, was you know, the, like the, the newest generation, which I follow up the most, to be honest. So, yeah, these are, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I really like, I mean, like these players that I'm mentioning, but I'm always kind of guy who likes to see different players, learn different things from different players. So, yeah, so for a sense, as Brazilian Ronaldo, he was very good very professional on the in the pitch and then outside he wasn't the most professional player so you can't really you know learn a lot of yeah. things from him outside <laughs> the pitch so so you have to have to have a little bit of everything you know so that's why i was just trying to you know pick some good things from every different player so yeah that would that was all my childhood you know enjoying his games and watching that's amazing that's amazing of course uh, talking about crazy and how crazy he was uh, on the pitch um he had this crazy uh hairstyle yeah 2002 <laughs> world cup yeah uh, please do not uh, try to replicate that please not that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much um, I, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, if you want to talk about your life and talk about the journey that you've had, it must have been a crazy journey because, like, I can't get my head around the fact that, like, a boy from Gilan uh, playing football, because I've seen, uh, like, a lot happening right now, you know, with all the talents that we have around, like, Iran and all the talents that um, usually, like, you know, can't really show their, um, like, you know, how much, how much of a talented player they are. And uh, a boy from Gilan comes out and uh, moves to Netherlands and then he he becomes this uh, like amazing amazing uh, football player to the point that he's now playing in the english premier league one of the toughest leagues in the world and he's still like uh, he's he's flourished like you know you can actually see his games and um, like you know when you watch him play you know he's 
Now, he, he's always had that talent because talent is not something you can actually learn. But uh, tell me, tell me about the journey. How did, how did this happen? How did the boy from Gilan all of a sudden uh, start to play football in the, one of the toughest leagues in the world? Um, well, like you said, it's been, it's been kind of a crazy journey, to be honest. Um, I was actually born in Ghazvin um, uh, and uh, I was there for a couple of years, but I've um, spent it like most of my childhood, like um, in Gilan, where, where you, where actually my parents come from. You know, football has always been, has always been a, you know, like a different thing to me, um, even though I've I had to study, I had to go to school every single day, but even in the school, I was always thinking and talking about football and, you know, in the, every break I had in the school, I was playing with, with my classmates and, you know, enjoying playing playing with the ball around and even after the school, I was spending, I think, other half of the day outside on the street playing with my mates and enjoying and um, you, you don't even, you know, just feel like the time just goes on and then it's like 9 10 uh, p.m and in the evening and then your parents looking for you where you are you know uh, that that's how much I was enjoying playing football but um yeah you know until the age of 11 12 I was I wasn't playing like um professionally in terms of you know being in a football school or a football academy like playing or having the you know proper coach and stuff like that it's, it's always been only in the school you know um playing around in the street and stuff like that until um i got scouted from the you know we had this tournament with the school and then uh, it was a small club um back home um they just scouting me and then they asked me if i want to join them and then i joined them i play actually in Ghazvin for two years and then I moved to, um, actually, I signed for the um, Damash Tehran. So at the time, there was actually two different teams, Damash Tehran and Damash Gilan, which they were obviously playing to different cities. But the owner and the like, a whole um, philosophy of the club, everything was, was the same because the owner was the same same person, but they were mm -hmm. playing to yeah. different leagues in two different cities, actually. And yeah, I played there for another two years, and then, um, but at the same time, um, uh, it was a like a very privileged time for me to to be selected for the national team, youth national team, for the first time because national team means a lot to me. You know, every single time I go to national team is a different feeling for me. And then basically, I started from under sixteen, and then I was with under seventeen as well, and then I selected for under nineteen. But um, yeah, you know, I've, um, I've always wanted to play and train with a better player or the player. So when I was, uh, for instance, 15, I was already playing with the first team people. So people with more experience. I was the little guy there, you know, they didn't even take me that serious. But I was always watching them learning and picking like small things from every player and stuff like that. And you know, challenging myself already in the age of 15 to be in the same level as to the same level as obviously the first team players. And, um, you know, those challenges and like always wanted to be one step ahead of the same age people as you. Um, that helped me a lot, to be honest, because, for instance, when I was 17, I was playing for under 19 national team. And when I was 19, I was playing for under 21 national team. So I was always wanted to be one step further than the others, you know, just to to um to challenge to to you know to push myself to to be a better player every single day 
And then obviously um, after that, I moved um, when I was um, end of my 16, I moved to Damashkilan playing in the high division back home in Iran. And then I played 17, 18 there. And then we had this tournament, um, um, I think it was in, in UAE, and we had this tournament with the under-19 national team. And then I had a very good tournament. Uh, we had a very, very solid, good team. Most of those guys now playing outside, playing for national team as well. We had, a, I think, one of the best generation we ever had uh, with the national team. And uh, yeah, after that, um, um, there was, there was uh, you know, some guy just calling, calling me, telling me, yeah, you got offer from Holland. People sitting on the stands, watching you, they're enjoying your game and stuff. And they really want you to move there. But at the time, I think, as a lot of people probably know, um, I had an offer from Perspolis and uh, actually um, I was going to go there. Um, I was very, very close to sign for them. I actually sort of signed with them as well, but it wasn't like an official signing. And then, yeah, basically I got an offer from Dutch side, which was NEC Nijmegen, and I had no clue about the club. I never heard of the club. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a crazy time. I went back home after that tournament telling my parents that I've got this offer. And the first thing my mom was saying didn't take me serious. She was like, no, nah, you can't be serious. You already, you almost signing with Perspoli because like all my family kind of, you know, fan of that team. So they were super happy that I'm very close to, to sign with them. But for me, it's always been the one thing in my head, which was moving out of the country, playing in Europe, because there was a gap of a couple of years that we didn't have many players who move outside of the country. And I thought uh, probably this generation, it can change the things, you know. And yeah, so um, I was going to, obviously my plan was to go to, to sign for a you know, good club back home in Iran for another year or two and then move outside. Which, um, yeah, it didn't happen at the time because I got that offer from outside straight away, even playing for a small club back home, which was Damash Gilan. And I said, yeah, I want this to happen. So I called, I called my agent. I said, please make this happen. I want this to, to happen and then do all the negotiation and stuff like that. It was crazy because I wasn't expecting because there was a lot of different stuff was going on at the time. And there, there was like a small amount of chance probably that's going to happen. That, that worried me a lot at the time, to be honest, but I was very confident. I was, I'm, I'm a believer. So I just leave it to the one up there. I said, listen, um, just be calm. You know, if it has to happen, it's going to happen. So don't worry about that. And then, um, yeah, I, I went there. I stayed there for a couple of days to see how the, how the you know, uh, situation is, to see people, culture, you know, and talk about, you know, what's going on, what's their plan about me, you know, stuff like that. And it's, 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 it, at the time, it sounded really, really good to me. And you know, I signed there. Um, first year, quite difficult. Settled down very quick. Second year, uh, best player of the year in the second division in Holland. Um, I moved to AZ Alkmaar. Uh, beginning a bit difficult. But uh, I settled down quickly for second year. Very good year. Another best, another very, very good, good season, which was um, obviously my best, best season in Holland. Um, you talked about talent, but I think talent is not enough. You have to have dedication. You have to work hard. You have to, you know, close your eyes on a lot of things. I had a lot of issue through the years that I've been outside country. Um, when I moved to Holland, I wasn't speaking a single word of English, you know. But, you know, I was working 
day in day out you know i had i was like there was a point i was like yeah you have no choice you got to communicate with people you got to just sort out your stuff yourself you got nobody here it's just you or you have to do it or you have to do it so there is no other way yeah so yeah i just push myself a lot um i challenge myself in and out of the page and like you know it's been crazy years it's been a crazy journey even though when i moved to uk beginning very difficult i settled down and uh, yeah, it's still still going on. The journey is still going on. This journey continues for me. And um, obviously, I'm probably now I'm nearly 27, but I'm still having the mindset when I was 15. So I want this journey to go on as good as it was before, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be. You said something which was pretty pretty fascinating for me. You said you couldn't talk English, and of course right now you're talking English amazingly well. So I, I want to know how how this was, like, was this only dedication? Or because because I, I just saw this interview uh, from you, I think it was uh, from one of the, like, you know, uh, I think the, uh, maybe the TV channels from the Netherlands, and they were talking to you in Dutch, and you were talking back in Dutch. And I'm thinking to myself, so he knows Farsi, he knows Dutch, and he knows English very well, that he can actually talk to people. So how many other languages do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I pick language quite well, I would say, because um, when I moved to when I moved to Netherlands, I actually the first thing I was trying to learn it was English because um, I was I was lucky enough to have uh, to have many uh, foreigner teammates actually in the in my first season so kind of the first language in the dressing room was English so even Dutch guys they've been trying to speak English with the other players we had, I remember we had like 15 16 um you know foreigners who who've been obviously there for uh, for a year or two at the time only speaking English you no know, dressing room the first language was English so that helped me a lot at the beginning um, you know, and then obviously at the same time, I had my English teacher who who I had classes like three times a week. But my English teacher was a was a Dutch guy, so I was learning English. Obviously, the main one was English, but I was learning Dutch as well. So um, yeah, I think first two three years it was the mainly was English. I would say the first three years. But then after that, my, my Dutch was much better because um, I've had some, I still have obviously some very, very close friends, uh, which they were born there. And then some of them, they raised there, you know, they, they, obviously first language is Dutch. So we always, when we, when we chat, we always mix up everything, some Persian, some English, some Dutch. That helped me a lot as well to, to learn both English and Dutch. Uh, but I would say my Dutch is not as good as my English, but I understand everything. I can communicate. I can sort out my stuff. Um, and yeah, these three languages, um, I, I love learn Spanish. I speak a bit Spanish with my mates uh, a little bit. I, when I, when they, when they chat, I understand everything when they speak, but, um, I still have to learn it properly. And we learn, obviously, you know, obviously back home in Iran, we learn a little bit Arabic as well. I can understand Arabic a little bit. But yeah, I think once you learn one language, the others will be a bit easier to to learn. So yeah, that's that's something's been much easy, making it much much easier for me as well.
Okay, yeah, I can attest to that definitely. When you learn a language, I think like you know, this is what I found that the base, like the base of all the languages, most of the languages are the same. Like when you, when you're hearing, like of course, like um, so many different French words are out there that are just, just when you hear them, they're like, you're, are you talking in Farsi? What's it's going ridiculously on? Ridiculously <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Yeah, but it's very difficult. Oh my God, French is one of the most difficult languages in the world. I have, I have to ask you this question. Uh, first of all, if you hear anything <laughs> right now, like, you know, I'm not in my house. I'm, uh, like, you know, on holidays right now. And uh, I think my neighbor, he must be very happy that <laughs> I, I think, uh, like, you know, he wanted to have some sort of a party or something, I guess. So if you, can, if you hear that, that's, that's, that's him. But um, can you tell me, uh, like, you know, the differences between the, the difference that you've felt and you've experienced? Uh, coming from the Dutch league to uh, the Premier League. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I think the biggest difference between these two leagues is like Dutch league is more about uh, developing players. So you see all the clubs like Ajax, Feyenoord, PSV, AZ Alkmaar, all, all those clubs, they always get like very, very young, talented players from Scandinavian countries, from around the world. They scout them. They got, like, obviously the best scouts in the world. Um, and they try to, you know, develop them a couple of years and sell them for millions and millions. And that's been uh, the plan for the last 10 years in Dutch League. So um, that's something different than, obviously, English League, which all the clubs, because of the, the, the financial strength they have, they are they are able to buy obviously best players in the world, the best quality players in the world. So um, I think you see in last years there are a lot of players from Dutch league, from German league, from Belgium, with uh, obviously massive um, transfer fees moving to England because the clubs is just it's just too, so easy for them to you know bring anyone any players around the world to this to this league. So all these things just makes it different than not only Dutch league, all the leagues around the world, actually. Iran is filled with talents and football is, is a sport that is basically loved around the country and everybody loves it. Um, and you can see people like, you know, playing football all the time, like whenever they get a chance, they actually do it. So um, because you've had the experience and because you're a living example of what an Iranian talent can achieve, I want to ask you a question. What do you think can be done for the talents inside Iran right now uh, that, you know, they can be found or like, you know, they can flourish maybe for the future? Yeah, I've, I've always been telling, um, you know, every kid that I see, you know, because I get that question quite a lot, you know, from people back home, even from the kids around here. Um, wherever I've been, I've, I've got that question. And... Um, you know, there are some elements that obviously um, um, helps you to to grow faster and better in football, in my opinion. And from my experience, from what I've experienced actually in like last years and even even time that I was in Iran, is like the, the, the talent in something like probably, as you said, like many, many kids, they have it. You know, talent is something, you know, um, it's naturally there. So the, those kids who are playing outside, outside, you know, in, in the streets or you know wherever, obviously they have that talent. They have that love, love of the game. So that makes them, you know, just to be there, to enjoy with their friends and stuff like that. But that's the that's probably the first step for all those kids. And there are a lot of different stuff coming up through their career, which they start from early age. 
is mentality, is how professional you are, is all the dedication, is the hard work, hard work, hard work is like something makes you different than the others. I remember when I was when I was, I think, 12, 13, I was training three times a day. I was training, especially in the summer, because obviously it was kind of off season for me. I was training with under 12, under 13, and then under 14, and then going out. Sometimes I was staying as a keeper for under 15, just to see them, how they play, how they move, and stuff like that, you know? So um, I would say 100% the talent is done enough. So um, I always said, if, if you want to, you know, because, uh, you, know, you know what, like I had in the national team, I play with, I think, two, three different generations. When I was uh, when I was 15, I was playing with under 17. I played with under 19. I would I would play with under 21, and all three three different generation who were obviously growing as a player and stuff like that at the time. I dare to say that there were a lot of players in those generation probably better than me, or even some of the guys who are playing in the national team right now or whatever. You know, the kids, when they get a bit of attention, when they are signing the first contract, professional contract, which brings them some um, financial, situa better financial situation and, you know, having a little bit better life, they are capable of having a little bit more stuff, if that makes sense. Um, first contract, buying the first car, first contract, buying unnecessary thing. You know, these are the things I'm not going to say is a bad thing, but keeps you away from what you love, keeps you away from what you actually can do better, which is playing football at the time. So I had friends, I had teammates when they were 17, 18, 19. Obviously, the first contract they signed, first uh, payment they got, they went put it all buying a car. That was never me. I was I was always prefer to drive with someone i was always prefer to bike to training you know nothing keeps me away from what i love which is playing football nothing keeps me away because when you are um when you are in that situation having a nice car if you are in the situation which you can go out a bit more you can chill a bit more if you're in the comfort zone and stuff like that I think it just keeps you away from, from what you love, which is football. That can cost you not having enough energy to train. That can cost you, um, you know, just, you know, just put your head, put your mindset somewhere else other than football. That can keep you away from, you know, you know, your future. And um, that, that makes a difference, in my opinion. And um, yeah, that's what I always try to tell the kids, you know. Um, just, you know, just stay humble, stay simple, don't do crazy thing until you make sure that, you know, you are where you want to be and you are where your dream is always being at. Um, that's amazing. But how are you so mature? <laughs> this is the sort of maturity that uh, many, like I'd say a lot of uh, maybe even football players, they don't really have that. And that just keeps you off of the focus, the main focus, which is football, as, as you said it. So how are you so mature? Like, did anybody sit down and talk to you about this? <laughs> I remember I was playing um, in the second division back home in, in Damash Tehran, and I was playing obviously with the first team. And there were a lot of good players there. They didn't make it so far. 
And every single day, they was they, they were coming with a different coach telling me, oh, Ali, I've done this. And if I didn't do this, I wouldn't make it so far. The day after, the other one came to me, says, oh, Ali, I had this opportunity. I didn't take it and it was gone. Oh, Ali, I, uh, someone taught me this. I have done it. And it just keeps me away from, from me playing football. And then I was, you know, couldn't handle it anymore. So I couldn't make it that professionally. All this sort of stuff. I was, at the time, I, re I realized like, oh, okay. It's not like always the people tell you good things and you do it. Sometimes people tell you the bad stuff happened to them and you still learn from it. And that can be a good experience for you. So, yeah. I'm, okay, this part, I'm not going to open it up yet. What with the details, sure. but sure. Um, I always had this mindset. I was always telling myself since I was 17, 18, there is this amount of years um, from, I would say, 18 to 22, 23, you have a lot of energy to spare. You have probably a lot of spare time to go do crazy things. You, you probably, if you sign a good contract, you, you are financial, um, you know, like, quite comfortable to to have to buy to uh get whatever you want so these four or five years if you survive if you're not going crazy if you're not going wild if you can control yourself then you are secure for the rest of your life and that's something i was always telling myself day in day out i have been in the situation i don't want to say i'm an angel or something but I've always tried to be as professional as I can. And I've always tried that four or five years, which probably is the top of your performance in terms of learning, performing, you know, being being out there, show what you got. And if you miss those those years, it's going to be difficult to bounce back, in my opinion. And who you surround yourself with. I mean, like, I've always been lucky enough to have very, very good friends. They always wanted the good for me. They always, you know, never pushed me for anything negative, anything bad and stuff like that. And they always, you know, got my back in a good way and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think these things are very, very important. And as I said, that four or five years, if you can survive, then you can have a, you know, very bright future and obviously planning for whatever you want to achieve in your life. You can you can talk in front of people about this. I'm pretty sure. Like you, you should you should be like a on a TED talk or something talking about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. Uh, Besides football, did you ever want to do anything else in life? This is something funny. Um, I I was telling some of my friends the other day. Um, so we had this question asking from everyone, uh, what would you been doing if you weren't a football player? I've I've got you know like different people just came up with different things. It was super funny, but I remember um, it was I was in the secondary school, and then uh, basically I had to to choose what I what I'm going to study and stuff like that. And at the same time, I just signed my first. I was almost going to sign my first professional contract. My mom and dad they are always the first people who I chat with if I want to make a decision and then I go to next people and other people who I really trust in. So we sat with my parents um, talking about this like okay here is football, here is study, um, I have to move out, I'm studying right now, I have to move out, I have to go to the other city to play football. 
um, and I'm still not done with my study, what I'm going to do, what's the decision like and stuff like that. My mom, my mom is always the one who is telling me, you know, is your decision, whatever makes you happy, do it. Uh, my dad always got my back. He's always very, very positive and stuff like that. But at the time, he came up with, um, listen, what if you're not becoming a pro footballer? What are you going to do then? You know, you haven't, you, you don't know anything else, you know, like basically you <laughs> yeah. have to have something as a backup, you know. So, mm -hmm. so he told me go and, um, go and study um, engineer. So I was, I actually, I was in, uh, um, for my obviously secondary school, I was at the, um, I was studying auto mechanic and that was something I would never want it to do, you know, like I had no clue how it works. I was very bad with the numbers, you know, and, um, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't me, you know, but, uh, I was, I always wanted to study more like in sports science, you know, that sort of thing, which is like closer to football, you know, obviously if you want to be pro footballer, that can help you, you know, to learn more. <clears throat> but, um, at the end I decided to, yeah, to, to pick, um, auto mechanic and, I was, I went to first two years. I remember I had another three years since then to finish my school. And then uh, first two years I was in my hometown, which was very, very difficult because I had to travel, I have to travel a lot. And I was with the national team at the same time. And the third year I moved to Tehran. Uh, this is funny. Um, I remember, um, maybe it's not nice to say, it's not good to say for the kids. But <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but um, I skip I skip school a lot actually because at the time I was I was I was thinking like um, you know you you know what you're gonna do you know where you are you're playing you sign a professional contract and as long as um, you stay professional if you work hard um, you know where where it can bring you to and you can have a bright future and stuff like that. Um, studying auto mechanic is that something for you I'm not sure but you gotta finish this anyway so uh, there was a lot of pressure on me training uh, going yeah. to school until 12 and then go, uh, running to get the bus to the training training ground training I was knackered afterwards I was super <laughs> tired I had to go home all my friends were chilling, going out, stuff like that. I was super tired. I was going to just eat something and go sleep. And that was for a year. It was my last year of school. It was hell for me. It was super <laughs> difficult, even though I, I skipped a lot of days, yeah? Like, I just kept school, didn't go to school a couple of days, like, uh, every month and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah still um thank god i just passed it and, like and it was good it was good it was my last year of school and yeah then i was free to go and i was just you know enjoying playing <laughs> school even doing extras because there was no school making me extra tired so yeah it's, sure. it's, been, good. it's been good years yeah uh, you know, with all the dedication that you've had, I'm pretty sure that you would have become an amazing mechanic. <laughs> but, uh, but thank God that you chose football. Now, thank you so much. And my last question for you um, is, what's next for Ali Reza Jahandash? I've, I've always been the guy who loved to take logical risk, if that makes sense. So, like, nothing crazy, but you, you make sure you take, take that risk, new challenges in your life, and you go for it. You work hard for it. 
and then you see what's going to happen. I want to, I want to, I want to just go for different challenges. To be honest, um, I mean, now with the club, uh, we have got another couple of 10, 10, 12 games, uh, which I'm looking forward to. I work day in, day out, you know, to to get my chances, to perform and everything. And, you know, um, to be honest, one of the things I've always dreamed of to to play in Champions League. So uh, that's something didn't happen for me until now. So, um, you know, I mean, talking about club career, I would love to play Champions League. I, I'm not talking about next year, two years, three years, but whenever it happens, I would love that that happen and um, you know, playing Champions League has always been one of the dreams for me. Besides playing with World Cup, and in the other side, we have got national team as well. Um, like it's going to be a very difficult period of time for us with the national team. Um, you know, everything is just getting better and better. Every country they they're developing, they're getting better every year. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be a very very big challenge for us. Um, and um, yeah, just um, you know having the World Cup for third time in the row, hopefully that's going to happen because as you know how much it means to people back home in Iran and obviously uh, all the all the Iranian around the world, you know, playing World Cup is a different thing. I've experienced that twice, I would say. It's just the most crazy <laughs> experience I've ever had in my life. Uh, because national team is different. Um, like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's a different feeling. And... Um, you know, whenever I just wear that jersey with the uh, with the Iranian flag on, it's just you know, it's just kind of I'm buzzing. You know, I'm just like I'm a different world because um, that's always been a dream for my dad. As I said, like in the 1998, that was the first impression I had from football. Obviously, after that, when I was a bit older in World Cup 2016, I was playing proper football. Uh, to 2006, I mean, in Germany. And sure. um, I remember, yeah, my dad was always telling me, like, yeah, you can be there one day. You can be there one day. And I was always having, had, I always had that dream to play for the national team in the World Cup. But um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would have never thought that's going to happen that quick in, like, age of 19. Representing your country in the World Cup is just a different thing. I can't even describe that feeling. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's his next thing for me with um, with the national team. I mean, like uh, yeah, hopefully we qualify for the World Cup. Even if it's a very very difficult way to get there, but hopefully that's going to happen. And in my personal life, um, it's been it's been crazy year. Uh, uh, I would say um, yeah, 2020. And uh, well, obviously, uh, 1399 uh, Iranian year has been a crazy yeah. year, as you know. Yes, you yeah. know, in terms of in terms of people having difficulty, in terms of economy, because in terms of you know, you know, a lot of different emotions around the world. Um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy year, and um, I'm just hoping, I'm wishing for everyone around the world, specifically all the Iranians back home around the world to having a better year, you know, health around, family around. We have to enjoy each other. We have to just, you know, do chat, like proper chat together, be nice to each other. You know, life is short. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? So you have to you exactly. have to just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, you have to enjoy it. You have to be positive. You have to help each other. You know, um, we just like in, um, obviously, um, Ali Ansari on Merta uh, Minova, they were very, very good dear friend of mine. And we don't have them now, you know. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just we, nobody would ever expect that that's going to happen. But it just happened. So um, 
I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying that, you know, just enjoy the moments, be together. And now I've got my parents here. Seriously, I, I enjoy every single moment with them because, you know, uh, just I didn't have them for I didn't see them for seven, eight months. And now when I have them, I want to just take, just, you know, have a best, best time ever, you know. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. the year is going to be the best year for everyone, you know, just enjoying together, having a very, very good New Year. Actually, we got two, three days to Persian New Year, yeah? No reason yeah. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and what it is is that I'm, I'm pretty sure when uh, everybody is, uh, like, you know, probably listening to this, uh, they are in the, in the, in the holidays, in the, in the Norris holidays. So, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully they enjoy the Norris holiday as well. I remember we we always been I really miss that like that traditional thing yeah. family coming together you know <laughs> I remember we always been with with my grandparents or family coming together enjoying uh, getting some AD you know <laughs> get get some cash <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> some, some cash in the pocket uh, okay that's amazing I'm pretty sure like you know I think COVID showed us that forecasting the future is not as easy as, as you actually think and uh, you need to take into account like all the little things that might happen like along the way but as you said all these things are called life and you gotta enjoy each and every one of these things so that's amazing yeah thank you thank you so much uh, okay do you, do you guys get tested like you know before the games like all the time is that, is that we that actually it? do test uh, two times a week so um yeah it's it used to be three times a week but now it's a bit easier because um majority of the i think uh, majority of people in uk got vaccinated mm-hmm. and hopefully that's something going to happen in iran as soon as well so yeah, yeah so people can get back to the normal world, normal life oh my god that's that's all i can hope for for the for the new year uh, fine uh, thank you so much. You have no idea how much I wanted to have this conversation. Uh, sorry for you know for my neighbor. I don't know what happened. Like it, it was Charles uh, Hamasuri was a couple of days ago. I have no idea why they started doing all this. I, I think like you know, they, <laughs> they already they probably were like I think Norris, yeah, Norris party, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, of course, and it, to be able to talk to you was a dream of mine, and that's 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 just it has been ticked. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> Merci, merci, really appreciate it. As, as I said, it's been a pleasure, you know, um, to be here actually. And um, I just hope, yeah, people enjoy this. And uh, yeah, hopefully next time we can do this in person. Probably it's easier as well <laughs> rather, than, rather than this. But still, I would love uh, that. I would love yeah, that. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's been a good conversation. People are going to enjoy it. And I wish everyone a, um, a very, very happy Noru's already. Well, you've made it to the end of the episode, so I thank you for your time. Of course, none of this would have been a possibility without Ordibesh Pastry, the sponsor of this episode. You can find him on Instagram at Ordibesh Pastry. This has been Ali Ruskash, the creator of the Air Podcast. This was the AR Podcast. AR Podcast.